Yes, I know. You're lucky. I never got back to mine. All right, then. Off you go. Now, go on. Ben can catch his ship and become an admiral, and you, Polly, you can look after Ben. So, Adam, cons are back. In-person conventions. They are. Yes. yes. Are you excited about that? Uh, yes, I am excited f- for the eventual return to conventions for myself. I don't know that I'll be going to one anytime soon. I was considering New York Comic Con. That one is in October, I believe. And I usually go to that one. I, th- I think I've gone every year for like the last seven or eight years, minus uh, the, the 2020 uh, you know, cancellation. So I was excited to get back. And I was considering it. It kind of conflicted with other plans that I had, but I was going to still make it work, maybe go up on a Saturday. Uh, and then I I went to like try to purchase the tickets, and they, they sold out <laughs> so fast. <laughs> so, no, I don't think I'm going to New York Comic Con. Yeah, I mean, if they sold out already, it sounds like... It sounds like things are getting back to normal, at least when it comes to cons. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of things right now. I mean, even, you know, it's unrelated to what we're talking about, but even doing um, some of the, like, half marathon type of events, like, that stuff's all been canceled for, for yeah. a year now, a, pl- a year plus. And so now, like, I'm wanting to do one of the ones that's going to be down at Disney World, and the, the, the race I wanted to do sold out in an hour. Yeah, like I was gone. Like I got it. Luckily, I I got lucky and got in. But yeah, so any anything now that's been kind of on a hiatus, it's coming back. People are excited to get back to these things. It's gonna be even harder, and they're limiting the amount of people that they're doing it. So like New York Comic Con, for example, they're not letting all hundred thousand people come back. They're limiting the amount of people because they still want to you know be safe. The pandemic's not quite over yet. Right, and so right. they still want to take some some precautions. So they they're not going to let a hundred thousand people come back to the Javits Center. They might. I don't know what the cap is, but I'm I'm imagining it's a pretty significantly less amount of people. Oh yeah. So yeah, but to keep on the Doctor Who topic, New York Comic Con is typically where I get to see Doctor Who stuff. That's where I got to get those pictures I got with David Tennant. Right. Right. That's... The pictures with David Tennant, you've recorded audio at different different things. You've captured some some great pictures that we've been able to talk about and share. That's you you typically get some good Doctor Who moments at cons. Yeah, definitely. And New York Comic Con's one of the ones where Doctor Who in all of BBC America, they kinda of have a whole thing. You know, they, they do it at the Madison Square Garden, you know, they huge screen, huge audience. Um, I got to see Peter Capaldi there. I got to see a number of the different um, actors from Doctor Who. So, so yeah, it is it is an exciting event to attend if you can. And Doctor Who usually does have a presence. But um, they're also doing Comic Con, like the big Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, San Diego. They announced that Doctor Who is coming to San Diego Comic Con, and they're going to be doing, I guess, kind of like a panel prepping for next season it's going to have pretty much the whole cast as it says right here it says uh it's a it's going to be uh it's actually a virtual panel so i might be getting my facts wrong here as far as that con being in person this year i think it's not but um it's a virtual panel that they're going to be doing 
It's going to have Jody Whitaker, uh, Mandeep Gill, also the new companion John Bishop, and Chris Chibnall. So it's kind of the current, the current cast is all going to be there, which is is a pretty cool thing. And the fact that it's digital means there, you know, we can all watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And what I found very interesting about this is because the last time we recorded, which really wasn't all that long ago, we were talking about how really surprised that there hasn't been a lot of news. There hasn't been much hubbub about the upcoming season. And then it seems like right as we finish recording, maybe a day or two later, all of a sudden some of this stuff started to bubble to the surface again. You had more rumors. You had more conversation about about Doctor Who. And now to find out that we are, what is it, 11 days away from a virtual panel that has the full cast for the next series plus that teased special guest. It, it seems like we have maybe ascended the hill of waiting for Doctor Who, and we're just about to get pushed down that hill and things are going to pick up speed. So this is this is pretty exciting. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we are going to be starting to see more and more news trickle out, and I think this might be the starting point, the big kind of reveal or the coming out party for, for Doctor Who for the next season is maybe this event at San Diego Comic-Con. Right. So so you used the word trickle. Do you <laughs> think that's what this panel is going to be? Do you think this panel is going to be a trickle or do you think they're going to hit us with a fire hose? Um I think that it's definitely not going to be a fire hose. Maybe trickles too too small amount, but <laughs> it's like you're watering <laughs> your garden, you know. It's a it'll be a nice stream of information. I think that they'll probably give us some teases. For, for next season, we may get clips. Now, I don't know. It's different when they do virtual. Because like when you do these in-person panels at these conventions, they tend to be a lot more generous about what they'll show. Right. And they right. show it only to the audience that's there. So it's like, you know, we saw this big, you know, we saw the first episode of Doctor Who, you know, that kind of thing. Um, right. That everyone else doesn't get to see it for, you know, a few weeks or whatever. They've done that kind of stuff. So... I don't know this being a virtual panel that's going out to the world. They might be a little bit more, you know, keep some stuff close to the chest. But I think there'll be some sort of a, a tease, some sort of video, if not like a trailer or tease or clip. Uh, probably featuring, you know, John Bishop because they want us to get kind of excited for the new character. So, and then, I, and then there's a special guest. So, I, I don't know. Do you have any predictions as to you know, what, who this special guest might be. See the, the mention of the very special guest, but just to back up your, your comment about John Bishop, I think you're absolutely right. Like it, that, I have that Pearl Mackey, um, little teaser trailer that we got with Peter Capaldi where they're running down the hall, getting chased. I, I have that expectation of whatever teaser might accompany this. If any, it will be that, John Bishop companion introduction, some interaction again, probably to build that excitement about someone new joining the crew as for the very special guest, my, my gut reaction was less something new and maybe a return of someone that, uh, 
we didn't get to spend all that much time with. So my initial gut reaction was they're not going to pull out anybody new. We're probably going to have the the fugitive doctor show back up, right? We're probably going to have her uh, take part in the conversation, which I think I would be cool with. Um, but I think you might have different thoughts as far as very special surprise guest not being who I think it might be. I when you talk about the fugitive doctor, although that's a character that we both enjoyed and made a big impact. And I think people are excited about her eventual return. I think it's too soon. And I think that I don't know that that would be the surprise they're going for. Not even just a talk, not even just in a panel. I'm not, I'm not thinking big for next season. I just mean, have that conversation going. You you don't think that's even special enough in this moment? I it mean, have be. we had a chance to have a panel with her present? I, it could be anything because, once again, it being virtual, it really takes down some barriers. Like the, when these things are in person, you know, they have to get somebody to fly out and come to the event, somebody that's willing to come to an event, whereas this could be just a video call with a special yeah. guest. It could be anyone. True. And so I think it will – it'll be – in my opinion, the special guest is going to be some sort of a reveal. It'll be someone who will be in the next season. I'm leaning more toward it just being a guest star, somebody that's notable, maybe someone who has ne- hasn't been in Doctor Who previously, but people would be excited about this being a guest star. Every season of Doctor Who tends to have two or three kind of bigger name actors come in and you know do guest roles. So I could see it maybe just being like, hey, look, you know, here's a here's a character that's coming. This is an actor you recognize. How cool is that? You know, but they're only going to be in one episode. So I'm leaning more that direction than it being a character we're already familiar with. I definitely don't think it's as big as like the reveal of another doctor coming or something or okay. something like that. Okay, so we're in agreement there that this is not going to be a very special surprise guest, and it ends up being the next iteration. Um, I'm comfortable saying that too early. It's too early for that. That'll come later. You know, we, we've been talking about, you know, maybe this is the last season for Jodie Whittaker. We've talked about what are they going to do with the 60th anniversary? So I think there's more big reveals coming later, but for now, this is just going to be something that's happening in this next season, early this next season that they're going to reveal. Okay. Okay. That's my, what if, what if it's Mark Geddes? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. a new character that he's playing or he's writing i don't know i'd rather him be playing a character than writing an episode <laughs> okay so in a in a, in a in a way though i think i'd i'd get kind of excited i don't know he's become a bit of a a celebrity in my brain purely because of how much we talk about him on our on our podcast so Oh, absolutely. And and I think I think the the well of Doctor Who has been so dry over the past year that anything at this point will probably get me pretty darn excited. Yeah, if Danny Pink comes out on that on that call, <laughs> the return the return of Danny Pink uh leading the Cybermen or something. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, they could roll a Dalek onto the video, the virtual panel and I would probably I'd probably go go through the roof. Yeah, I don't know. Let's not go that far. <laughs> Speaking of things that would make me go through the roof, uh, that would get me pretty excited, 
the the Doctor Who time fracture. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Oh yeah, time. That's like kind of a big thing, but not really accessible to us. Oh, absolutely stateside. not. Not at all accessible. Yeah, unless we're planning a trip to London, which I'm not opposed to planning a trip to London if you want to do that. But it might be quite <laughs> like, quite quite a ways to go just for a show. Yeah, there, there's a few more logistics that we'd have to figure out before we just jump on the plane and hop across the pond. Right. And this was something I'd heard I had heard things about this because Doctor Who news is very few and far between right now. So there's not a lot going on. And so when and I do have you know, they have that thing where you can set up your iPhone with different, um, I forget what they call them, but just different, like, home screen stuff. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So you can have news feeds at the top of your home screen now. And so, and you can have keywords that generate what news you see. And so one of mine on one of my screens is Doctor Who. And it's it's always the same stuff. It's the same art. It's the same like this actor's denying that they're in Doctor Who or Jodie Whittaker <laughs> is rumored to be leaving. You know, it's all the same. It's always the same right. stuff. Diff, different articles about the same topic. And so I kind of my brain has just started to learn to ignore it that feed now because there's never anything interesting there. But right, every once right. in a while, I'd see the word the words time fracture pop up there about some new Doctor Who thing coming, and I never really paid that close attention to it because a lot of times. I've I've also trained my brain to ignore new Doctor Who headlines because a lot of times it's talking about like the audio dramas, so it gets right. you excited. It's like, yep, you know, Eccleston's coming back to Doctor Who, and you're like, what? And then you're like, oh, for an audio thing, you know. Right, so exactly. I, I've started to tune that out too. So Time Fracture I thought was just another audio thing, and didn't really pay much attention. But it came up enough that I started to like, well, maybe I should see what this is about, and so. um yeah, they released, I think within the past couple of weeks, they released a trailer for this event. And it's it's it looks really, really cool. And um, to kind of describe it, it's it looks like it's some sort of an immersive show, like immersive theater um, that you can you go to the show, but you're a part of it. You're in it. There's like actors that are in character, dressed up, full on costume. If it's anything like the trailer, you know, this is like, you know, movie accurate or tv accurate you know costumes and you're part of the story and um yeah it just looks like a really cool doctor who adventure that you get to be a part of and then a lot of the actors from doctor who um you know lend lend their voices to it so they're going to show up in like cameos and stuff on video and over audio um they're not going to actually the actors aren't going to actually be part of the show in person but they've been incorporated into it a lot of the you know, different people that we, you know, we know the names, right? I think, right. I think it's, uh, let's see here, David Bradley, Tom Baker, P Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Joe Martin. So there you go, Fugitive Doctor. Um, and then Jodie Whittaker and Alex T Kingston. So it's, so it's going to be a lot of participation from Doctor Who actors we know. It's an, this live immersive show. So I would totally do it if I lived in London. Oh, absolutely. These are the types of things that I'm extremely jealous about. Um, I am a huge fan of escape rooms. I like that immersive experience, that that adventure that you get to embark on for an hour or so. And something like this just sounds incredible to me. Just the opportunity to lose yourself in an interactive story for however long it lasts and have kind of those 
those interactive elements with something that you're a fan of. Um, I've, I have a couple of coworkers who live over near or around the London area and there's, they, they, they talk about all sorts of different immersive experiences for different things where you take on an identity for a night. Um, you, you try to solve different murders and stuff like that. This, this sounds incredible though, having something like that for Dr. Who, um, I, I wish there were more things like that. I, I don't know. Maybe there are in different cities, um, but the the two cities that I've lived in recently, there's there's nothing to this extent around either of them. So it looks if you're listening and you haven't seen the trailer uh, for the Doctor Who Time Fracture, look it up. Um, it's the stuff of of dreams when it comes to that type of interactive experience. Yeah, and and maybe if it's successful enough in London then maybe they will travel with it. I know that, you know, that's kind of when they did the Harry Potter Cursed Child show. Yeah, that started in London. Yeah. But then it went on, you know, kind of a world tour type thing where it's kind of popped up in a lot of different US cities and I think it's a pretty much regular show in New York now. So so yeah, there's a there's always the possibility if it's successful enough that we may see it stateside. But yeah, chances are this might be one that's just meant for <laughs> for uh you know, people in the UK. It reminds me of, have you done any of the kind of uh, VR stuff that they they did? Uh, what is it? What was it called? Um, I forget the name of the place that was doing it, but they did a Star Wars one. They did uh, a Marvel one. They've done, a, I think, a Ghostbusters one. It was all the same company that had these, like, pop-ups kind of okay. all over the country and there was a... it, it, it's vaguely ringing the bell but I, I never got to participate in any of them yeah those so i got to do the star wars one down at uh, disney springs in orlando and i think if i'm not i think it closed because of the pandemic but i don't know if that was a permanent closure or not but i know it's right there in disney springs and i was able to do the star wars one and also a wreck it ralph one and though that was also really cool because it's immersive. It's not the same as what they're doing here with Doctor Who where it's just live actors. This is more you're part of a kind of virtual reality, uh, pre you know, pre made uh, okay. event. So you're putting on a headset, uh, and you're fully immersed where, you know, once you put that kind of gear on, you have like a gun and you have a headset and then you it's like you're walking through a really well made video game. Uh, and you get to participate that way. So it's kind of it kind of reminded me of that type of situation, but I actually think I would prefer what Doctor Who is doing where it's more a a theater show that you're just kind of right. in the middle of. I think that would be cooler. Yeah, there's definitely something special about having especially if the individuals that are putting on the show are skilled enough to be able to react when something isn't necessarily exactly how it was planned out so those spur of the moment ad libs the interactions with the individuals that are participating in it like those are the things that really help to keep you hooked so it's not it's not just you're on the rails of an experience but that there's that opportunity for things to go slightly off the rails and still move forward um that's that's super exciting all right so i quickly googled it, it was it's called the void Okay, is, is the name of um, that experience that they do with uh, the Star Wars one. I think the Star Wars one was kind of the main one. 
that, that it was known for, but they also did a few other ones. And I know they kind of had permanent locations. They also had pop-up locations in different cities. So um, that would be an experience, Adam, if you wanted to do something like that. You'd probably have more more of an opportunity to get to, to check one of those out somewhere around where you live now. Yeah, I need to check that out. Hop over to Orlando, yeah. see what's up. There you go. So, well, we did want to follow up on what we talked about last episode, which was the classic Doctor Who animation, the faceless yes. ones. Uh, we were, we yes, were... we did th- three episodes, and we have three episodes left to talk about. Yes, yes, we have. We're finishing off the uh, the faceless ones, and um, I'm actually really excited to talk about this. <laughs> I know we were kind of digging for something to talk about. We that's this is what we landed on. We did it last episode, and I'll, I'll admit the first three episodes, although kind of had me interested, also was a little you know this classic Doctor Who, a little hokey, a little slow, but uh, it it really ramped up these these last three episodes. I thought. Yeah, I can't argue with you. That's at the end of these three episodes, the last half. I, I'm pretty impressed with the story that they put together. I'm pretty impressed with how the last three episodes kind of picked up the pace, moved things forward. Um, yeah, there's still those elements where it's like, wow, I feel like we've done this before. Um, not, not, not doctor who overall but even within the six episodes it's like wow i I feel like this might be the second or the third time that we've been in this exact same situation but there's something there's something about the last three episodes that felt very doctor who-ish um while also feeling kind of fresh is that is it safe to say that something from 1967 could feel fresh (laughs) maybe not i don't know (laughs) i don't know if that I don't know if fresh came to mind for me. It was maybe fresh because it's something different than what we're used to reviewing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We're used to kind of picking apart, you know, the modern series that's very interconnected with, you know, I don't know. We we talk about the Time Lords and, you know, the Doctor and what the numbering of the Doctors even. You know, we get into the nitty gritty of it. And this was kind of nice to go back to something that we admittedly don't know a lot about. So we don't have a lot of that connection. And so it's kind of just watching it just for the fun of it. And there's not no pressure to really pay so close attention to like, oh, is this what what are they trying to tell us? Or what are they trying to tip off here? You know, or is this connect <laughs> right, back to right. the you know, the Davies era? Like it just it was just kind of like, okay, this is a new doctor to us. We hadn't really watched the second doctor before. So we were learning him and these companions we didn't really know that well in an alien we'd never seen the doctor fight before you know it was kind of just yeah i guess you you said fresh i guess there was some freshness to it yeah it's just i and who knows it might even be just a a matter of lack of doctor who content that i haven't already consumed um lack like i've already covered all 50 plus years of it but going back and watching something that is so far removed from what i'm so familiar with like you were just saying maybe it just it it just lit that fire again and i think within the last three episodes you start to get the sense of that momentum because things are drawing to a close so you don't feel like 
as much of the action that's playing out is pointless because you still have four, five episodes left to watch. So these last three episodes, it's like every interaction matters. Every every minute matters of these episodes. So I'm going to pay attention to see what the story, how the story is unfolding at this point. And I wanted to point out, we actually had, because we were talking about different details, and we actually had one of uh, our listeners comment out to us about some details. And one of the things that he said, I want to get his name so I can give him credit. So I'm, I'm going to be doing that while I'm talking. But one of the things that he pointed out was you were right and I was wrong. And I know you like it when, you know, when we disagree <laughs> and, you know, one of us ends up right or wrong. Uh, he said that you had you were talking about how there would be this week long wait between these episodes and it would be exciting. And I was saying, oh, I think they came out daily. Like it really wasn't that big of a wait. Well, he he did confirm that it was it was a week wait between episodes. Huh. Interesting. So interesting. Um. So yeah, you were right about that. So so I have to ask, based on that, did you? Did you take any special approach to watching these episodes or did you, I guess, do what we normally do and just go through them one right after the other? So for these, I watched the first three um, to prep for our recording right? and watched right. those all back to back. And then for this right. episode, I watched the second you know, half. So episodes okay. four through six, I watched those back to back. So I didn't take any type of break between. Okay, so the first the first recording, I did watch the first three episodes back to back to back. This time, though, not not really planning it this way or intending to do it this way, but I did have some days between the episodes that I watched. And there was something about having that space in time between them. <laughs> and maybe it's just me being goofy, but it was it was hanging on the cliffhangers at the end of the episodes and being like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what's going to happen next time. And then having to wait two or three days for it to finally pan out. And I did finish watching the last, the last, um, well, actually earlier this morning. Um, but that, I don't know, there's something about that wait. And, and at least for me, it helps knowing that, okay, there's three episodes to watch. I have to watch the three, but I'm going to space them out. Yeah. Yeah. So I found it was George Craver on our Facebook okay. group uh, pointed out to us that yes, they were, um, they were released weekly. So could you imagine? Nice. Cause I think I talked about before about how it felt a little slow, you know, it felt like you could right. take these six episodes and condense it down into one really good episode, right? And one good 45 yeah. minute episode. <laughs> right. Right. And, and it did feel that way. So I, so waiting a week between each one, I feel like f with a modern sensibility, I would feel like, oh my gosh, like really nothing's happening, <laughs> you know, <It's> a, <laughs> because it, it, it is overall a really cool story, I think, but it is really dragged out. And, uh, I think that would be that, that's one of the hardest things for me going back and watching these classic episodes and we did it with Hartnell, you know, when we went through as many as we could of, of the first doctor, anything that was available. Right. And yeah. it did feel like, oh, wow, okay, I just watched 20 minutes, nothing really happened. And then you watch 20 more minutes, and it's like, okay, maybe a little bit more happened, but 
you know, by the end of it, you've got a full story, but it took, you know, how much, some of those series with Hartnell were so long. Oh yeah. So many, so many episodes. (laughs) Absolutely. No. And that is, that is something that continues to, I don't know, a week between. So you're talking about six weeks of episodes we just watched. And the first three, you're absolutely right. Like a week between those. But I, I wonder lack of anything else to watch. Right. Lack of, I don't know. Right. It's like, a different it, sensibility. It's just like, hey, we're, yeah. We're like, a, we have, we're a modern audience. We're spoiled. You know, we have oh, so much at our fingertips. You know, every Wednesday I get to watch Loki. You know, every Friday I get to watch Bad Batch or Mandalorian's coming. You know, like that kind of stuff. Yep. And, yep. You know, there's always something else to distract you. But yeah, back back in the the '60s, in you know British TV, it was probably a bit of a different story where there wasn't a lot of options. This was what everybody was waiting for. So, yeah. Oh, and, to have grown I mean, up in that time, I guess. <laughs> Good and bad. The the appreciation for those things that that are so few and far between. Well, that was one of the things that um, George on our Facebook page kind of pointed out as well was that. The, a lot of the reason that they were even able to find some of this audio was because people were recording it, uh, manually recording the audio, so they'd have something That's to listen incredible. to about the show. And it's kind of like what people used to do, like we did it as kids. Well, I don't know, you're a lot younger than me, but I did it as a kid, where I'd I'd, I'd VHS tape, you know, I'd pop in a VHS. Oh tape heck yeah! If like a Disney movie was coming on, you know, on a Sunday night on ABC. And it was going to be the only time that that Disney movie is probably going to be on TV for years. And I couldn't yep. just go and, you know, find it easily. So I'd pop in the VHS tape and record it, commercials and all, um, <laughs> you know, so I could rewatch that uh, You that didn't movie. hit the stop button for every commercial? I did try to do that some too, but what I'd find out is that it it's, uh, you know, you're tempting disaster if you forget to oh, yeah. unpause it. You'd lose the 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 next couple of seconds as you came out of commercial break. Or if you missed the whole thing, or if you did it, you know, sometimes you would you'd click to to pause, but you didn't actually hit it, and yep, so you actually yep. record all the commercials, and then when it comes back to the show, you hit it again, and you're actually pausing it, <laughs> and so you miss the whole. So you have the commercials, but yeah. So I mean, anyone that's older than thirty five years old probably knows what I'm talking about. Well, huge, huge shout out to the the OG Doctor Who fans that preserved the audio to give us this animated uh, six episode arc for us to watch. Yeah, because we yeah, and I think because of the diehard fans who really wanted to to save this stuff, that's why some of these lost episodes have been able to be put back together because somebody somewhere recorded it, and they were able to you know kind of get that clean it up and turn it back into, you know, watchable or listenable, um, you know, presentation. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Really cool. But we had talked about in the last episode about the doctor, the second doctor, our first impressions of him. I don't think either of us were blown away by him in those first three episodes. We were kind of like, okay, you can see hints here and there. Uh, cleverest man in the room doesn't typically happen <laughs> with this guy. Right. Uh, there were maybe one moment that we were giving him a pass on saying, okay, he kind of did something cool there. But yeah, overall, I never felt that, you know, impressed by this doctor. Did your impression change at all with the final three episodes? <laughs> no, I can't, I can't say that. 
I can't say that there were all that many moments, even in the final three episodes where it was like, Oh wow. Like I'm blown away by this doctor. There's definitely moments where it's like, ah, there's the doctor, but it's not like a super clever doctor. Like he, he's saying things of like, Oh, they're, they're, they're aliens. Oh, it's probably going into, into outer space. And maybe it's just from the audience perspective. It's like, Oh yeah, that's obvious at this point. Like, it, that that's not really a clever statement in the last, the very last episode, maybe for that, what is it? Five to eight minute span of time where he's on the satellite and he's interacting with the chameleons face to face and he's bluffing and he's buying time and he's shoving, what was it? A screwdriver into the the system to blow up the, the machine. He did have it's a screwdriver like, okay. and I was like, wait, is that, is it a is son- sonic? Like, is that his sonic screwdriver at the time? I like I I probably sound so dumb to classic Who fans where they're just like you idiot. That's not you know that's not a thing yet. <laughs> but but I don't know enough about this era to know when the, the sonic screwdriver became a thing. And the fact that that was literally a screwdriver kind of right. <laughs> stood out to me. I'm like, wait, exactly. But it's like in those moments, it's like okay, okay. So maybe he is the most clever one in the room. It's just the way that it comes out is totally different with this doctor than what, I mean, even with Hartnell, like Hartnell seemed like more of an intellectual yeah. than what, what the second doctor comes across as. So I, I don't know if my perspective of has changed <laughs> for the second doctor, um, but you can definitely still see those glimmers. It's not the, it, it, he just doesn't come across as the, cleverest person in the room i like the change because you're right hartnell came across much more as a a intellectual like a professor right and and troughton is much more this disheveled you know kind of like your weird uncle right oh yeah absolutely but still kind of fun to be around you know Um, but jamie loves him i think yeah right jamie does jamie's super impressed by him but (laughs) (laughs) He, I think part of that is, and I think I said it last episode too, is that kind of like undercoverness of it. You know, he's trying yeah. not to seem like he's so intelligent. He's not commanding the room and he's not even like suave. Like, you know, we're used to Smith and Tennant, like these kind of well put together, good looking guys. Um, You know, even Capaldi was like pretty suave. Right. Yeah, he he could be when the moment arose. Right. He was. But Troughton is kind of more like I don't know that you could really clean this guy up much. You know, he, you put a suit <laughs> on him, it's not going to really matter. He's just going to be that kind of more oddball type yeah. character, and I think that's kind of cool that there is this version of the Doctor because it's a very unique version of the Doctor. Um, and I don't know that we'll ever see another version of the Doctor quite like this because I think with modern TV. You know, they they do want to go more for that kind of Hollywood look, and yeah. not necessarily I, this 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 type of actor. So yeah, the way the way that you're describing him as being disheveled, kind of strange, like not really all that well put together. He says something in the very last episode, in the la- very last few minutes, where he says, where Ben and Polly are like they want to go home. And the doctor's like, oh, home. I, I was never able to make it back to mine. Uh-huh. And it, it kind of, he kind of comes across as 
like the the old school the old school characters that you would see riding the trains around the west like they have no home they're just jumping from one train to the next train going from one town to the next town that's kind of the type of character he comes across as like he has some intelligence who knows what life he had before but he's really just going from one place to the next and he doesn't have a home and he's disheveled and he's going to blow in and blow out. That kind of is this doctor, isn't it? He's like the disheveled train jumper. Yeah. The hobo, the hobo doctor. Yeah. The hobo doctors. <laughs> he doesn't uh, have a home. He's never made it back. And we've seen the dark side of the doctor in a lot of doctor who every version of the doctor that we've seen has a dark side that comes out, which I think is, some of the most interesting stuff. And I think we even got to see some of that, even in the short amount of time that we've watched uh, this doctor is he, he was willing to kill, you know, the enemy. Um, and I don't know, like it just, it was, he, he came across at, at moments where it was just like his, he wasn't valuing the life of kind of the, the, the enemy like maybe we're used to seeing with especially i feel like jody whitaker and even with the more modern doctors where it's like they try to give them their chance you know to but it's like okay i gave you a chance now i'm gonna be mean this doctor right. kind of went right to it with you know if you don't do this we're gonna like disconnect this thing that's gonna make you melt to the ground oh yeah absolutely like you with with whitaker even with smith i feel like to some extent like there would be the threat, but you knew that the threat really didn't have anything behind it. Um, there was always going to be like some way that they were going to twist what they said. And then that's the new situation that the individual would be put in. But Troughton, when, when he's like, um, you're going to tell me, or this is what's going to happen. You really don't doubt his words. And then as soon as people start getting liquefied, he doesn't bat an eye. Like I realize it's animation and you're not going to have someone react in such a way possibly, but he just, he just goes for it. Um, he definitely, he definitely was more about the 50,000 teenagers or young people, um, as opposed to whoever these chameleons are in the grand scheme of things. He was willing to let them all melt if that's what had to happen. Yes. Yeah. He was willing to melt all the lizards. Can I can I just call out the fact that they melted when you took the Wii remote off their wrist? Yes, those were absolutely Wii remotes, <laughs> and they had both the black and white versions. Of oh, the, absolutely! Of the Wii remotes. I'm not sure what the difference was between the two, but they had when he opened that locker, and there were Wii remotes in there. I'm like, what is this? Literally, did somebody at Nintendo? Was somebody at Nintendo a big Doctor Who fan and designed Wii remotes to look like this? Because like, it, it's too perfect close. Perfect button configuration and everything. Like it has a <laughs> D-pad on it. Like it's 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 incredible. Yeah, those were absolutely Wii remotes. And I guess that's the other thing. We're looking at the animation, which was just recently done. So I'd want to confirm that that's what they look like in the original. But I don't True. see why they would change it. <laughs> True. Right. Um, other than I did look up because another thing that stuck out to me, and I don't know if you're ever going to touch on it, but Nurse Pinto is absolutely unflappable. So I looked her character up on the TARDIS wiki, and she looks 
she looks slightly different than what she did in the cartoon. So who knows? Maybe they did change some other details as well. But... Yeah, that, I did look at a list of, you know, I don't know how exhaustive the list was, but there was a list of things that apparently changed from, you know, the animation. They either updated something or toned something down. And I know that they did say the melting of the chameleons actually wasn't from the original. The original, they just disappeared. Oh, okay. Whereas in the in the animation, they actually made them look like they melted into like green Kool Aid. So, so yeah, I think they added that element to make it a little bit more intense. Definitely worked for me. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh yeah, man, that's gross. There's definitely things about these episodes that it's like I really wish I could see the original because I want to know how they how they did that, like the plane going up into space. Like, what did yes. that look like? I was in thinking the, the original same thing. episode. Because I did, and I did dig up some, you know, there are some, there are clips from these episodes. And there, I think there's at least one full episode. And so I did look up on YouTube, there were some, and I think I sent you the link to the one where it's the the beginning of the episode when the TARDIS lands, the airplanes are flying over. Yes. He tells them to scatter. It's pretty close. You know, it's pretty close. It's definitely a little bit uh cheesier in the animation especially the way they run and stuff it's kind of it just comes across as a little cheesier but it was pretty pretty similar from the different clips that i've i've been able to find so but yeah it is it is kind of a shame that that um the actors aren't really getting their due because the face the facial expressions are just very very limited in this type of animation it's like they didn't even try in some of the scenes just like it just really it's really bad animation I, I the more i've watched it the more i'm realizing it's not purposeful to look like the 60s or it's just bad animation it, it you say that but then on the the other hand it's like after the first three episodes and taking a break jumping into the last three episodes it wasn't as jarring like yeah. I, I i guess i got used to it and so yeah. it's like oh yeah this is just what it is right i agree it, i was way more used to it by the by yeah. the end of it i was more used to it. and i'll be ready for the next ones because i do plan to watch and i think we'll we'll be reviewing more because there are a couple more uh animated series that are out there yeah uh, so so yeah i do want to watch whatever's available but yeah i agree it's it's the more you watch it the more you used to you get um but it still doesn't take there's certain scenes where i was just like oh man like if they could have like the even the head movement on some, it's like almost like their head got disconnected for a second. Yeah. You know, when they make yep. a quick move, it's just it's it's very interesting. Um, but kind of back to the doctor. We were talking about different things about the doctor and dark side and stuff, but I did get that sense as the episodes went along that he was very much getting into the zone of what you would expect from the doctor. He's He's manipulating things. He's got people doing what he wants them to do, even though half the yeah. time they don't even realize it. And right. even the way he kind of approached uh, when he was trying to get into that lab and the doctor comes out and he's just like, hi, I'm a doctor. I'm going in there. I'm going to give my patient an x-ray. And he's just acting like he's supposed to be there, super confident. And I was just like, yep, this is the doctor. This is how the doctor acts. It is really cool that that consistency, there are certain elements to that character that no matter what version and what, you know, how many decades ago, there are still these, this consistency of certain traits that you can really pull out. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, good on you for, 
for catching that and pointing that out because even even his willingness to jump on the plane and go to the satellite and basically just wing it and yeah it didn't work out for him but he <laughs> when when they were asking him um where where's the original where's the original body oh don't worry i hid it somewhere you don't need to know where <laughs> it's like well why don't you tell me where the other ones are and i'll put it there like he's he's it was the doctor in that moment right that that confidence and that willingness to kind of just go out on a limb and and ad lib at those points yeah yeah definitely so so there's a scene at the beginning I'm just trying to pick out certain scenes that that were kind of notable to me. There was a scene at the beginning of the episode where the doctor, Jamie, and I'm forgetting the girl's name, that's kind of become essentially a new companion for this for this series. Samantha. Is it Samantha? Uh, I believe so. They're, they get knocked out. They get put on the floor, <laughs> and there's the laser thing. It's like that thing that you see. It's it's such a stereotypical trope uh, that you see from yes. a lot of this era, where it's the the villain does a thing that's got a timed, you know, it's gonna kill them eventually, but it gives the hero time to get away, and that's it's just yep. a big trope in in older television and movies. They do it. It's like. If he's trying to kill them, I, there's other ways that he could have done it immediately. <laughs> but for whatever reason, they decide to turn on a laser that just slowly goes across the floor and um, is going to, I guess, just kill one of them. <laughs> it, I was going to say, it's I, only going to cut Samantha in half. Everybody I don't know that it could have killed all three of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of chuckled because of just the the hokiness of the time, the era. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even before that, so like the entire episode begins where like the doctor's knocked out and Jamie's like, I can't leave without him. And the guy's like, you have five seconds to leave him. And then he actually starts counting down. It's like, <laughs> why, why are you count? Like, why is the bad guy counting down for the good guy? Like you're either going to do it or you're not like, why are we giving the countdown? And then they all end up on the floor with the laser slowly coming towards them. It is laughable. I understand the plot device. I just don't understand the logic for the villain as to why why you get this slowly moving laser towards the hero. But and they aren't a very smart villain for sure. And they think they they even talk about in the episode how humans are not smart enough to figure out what they're doing. They're not they're just as smart as the animals on their planet. On their planet. Yeah, right. They compare them to the animals on their planet. So I could have used a little bit more from them to show okay they really are this intelligent you know these intelligent beings that the doctor has to to go up against but really they were never portrayed i guess they were just they thought really highly of themselves but ultimately they weren't really that intelligent yeah Um, even even the whole hiding of the bodies in the in the cars cars. (laughs) worst (laughs) hiding spot ever Uh, they'll never find it (laughs) and the one guy's like calling out the other guy he's like i thought you said you hit him somewhere they would never find it (laughs) it's like that's the word the cars have windows yeah and people will definitely see 25 people who haven't moved just (laughs) sitting in their cars also i don't know how hot it gets at that time of year in in that area of the country but that would be pretty – if you want to keep those bodies preserved, that's not the best way to do it. 
That's why they were all laying on the ground afterwards. Yeah, they were was... a little overheated. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. But the the laser thing, apparently in the animation they added the actual laser that you can see. <laughs> so I'm thinking that in the original uh, show they didn't have the ability to have kind of like a laser. So it just it's more like I think maybe that's why that flame kind of pops up. Yeah, in the animation because it's showing you that it's burning the ground. I don't that know. I, I'd be interested to see what the light. original scene looked like, but um, and I don't know that if you have a laser that's that hot that's gonna burn the ground. If if a mirror is gonna really work, I think it's gonna burn right through that mirror. See, I, I was wondering the same thing, and then even Jamie's ability to like get the mirror in there without burning his hands. Um, I don't know. That, they did that call entire, that out in the script that though. Scene. Yeah. yeah, Samantha yeah. said, "Your your hand, you're gonna <laughs> give it my best shot." Uh, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Did you still like him by the end? Were you still a fan? I, I I did. I was. I think he's just an interesting character, right? Like he just wants to go back to a more civilized time. What was it, seventeen eighty four or whatever? He wanted to go back to somewhere. He the just Highlands. wanted to go back to a more civilized time. He he um. I did think it was funny that when they when they converted him, he still had the kilt on. Like, but he had a different shirt on. So I was thinking, why did <laughs> like when they when they changed him into like their clothes, quote unquote their clothes, and he's working for them at this point, and he's not undercover. Like, why is he still wearing his kilt? They just wouldn't they just find a pair of pants to put on him? I thought it was funny that he lost his accent. And then the doctor makes some comment about it being like his favorite part about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he t- he took away the best the best part about him. Oh, oh, I much preferred the original. <laughs> yeah. Um the, the so the director was a thing, which I feel like that's a name they should have saved for another version of like a Time Lord, right? Yeah, that's like the perfect I name agree. for a Time Lord. Maybe there yeah. has been a Time Lord called the director, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting kind of idea to have this kind of alpha character, but it never he never really came across as as really being the leader. You know, they kind of revealed no, he, it like, oh, he's the director, and you're like, okay, he's the director, but he doesn't seem like he's really wielding much power over the rest of them. Not only not wielding as much power, but again, it's one of those instances where they're talking about how smart they are and he's talking with Jamie and he's like, Oh, I'll now match wits with the doctor. And like, I am the superior intelligence and all that stuff. And then it just doesn't quite pan out. (laughs) All the doctor has to say is we found the bodies and everybody turns against the director almost immediately. Um, yeah, it it was kind of a letdown, not going to lie. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that's, supposed to be the thing about the chameleons where they just they're full of hot air right like maybe that's just who their characters are is they think they are superior and ultimately they aren't which which is another thing the fact that the doctor consistently calls them to their face chameleons and they don't correct them so is that really who they are are they the chameleons or are they something else yeah good question i don't know that the i don't know that they had in a like a species name um, if you look it up on the wiki, usually they'll say kind of at the top who the villain was. 
I guess they called themselves chameleons, right? Like they, the chameleon travel agency or whatever it was. So chameleon tours. So maybe they were cool with that. that yeah. And I know at one point the title of this, of the story was supposed to be the chameleons. And so huh. maybe that's just what the, the aliens are called. It's, I mean, obviously it's, it's an animal <laughs> on earth. So yeah, it's a little bit on the nose. Maybe it's just a translation. That's how maybe. we understand it, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I don't see anywhere listed uh, like a an alien or species name. Uh, main enemy, the director of the chameleons. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it says in the wiki. So, nice. and I don't think they ever show back up in Doctor Who, other than in books. Like I think there were a couple novels that um, either mentioned them, or I think there was a novel that kind of used them as the main villain again. But they ha- they haven't shown back up in Doctor Who. Spoiler alert: We're not going to see these guys again. Maybe they're the super special they're, secret guest. They're not a classic monster that that people are pining to see again. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a, sh- a shapeshifter, right? Like that's that's pretty much what they are, but not as good. Well, yeah. they have to I don't even know ones. that they're shapeshifters. They're more. It's more right. the technology because they're, you know, the way that it was explained, right? They're people were having these these health issues essentially right and they're degrading and so that's more why they look the way they looked not that they were some sort of like a lizard alien it was more that they just were degrading they were more humanoid i think but they were kind of degrading and so they were using the technology that they came up with to transfer you know themselves to these copies but yeah i don't think they were physically able to to uh, morph right yeah, no, they needed the Wii remotes. They needed I mean, they the... had some pretty um, pretty impressive technology. They did. Miniaturizers, they had... suspended animation. They could fly planes up into the sky, straight up into the straight sky. Straight up into the sky. Into uh, into this thing. The the shrink the shrinking was definitely a surprise because we were kind of speculating at the end of the, the first three episodes, like what happened? You know, yeah. everyone disappeared and they kind of left that a little bit of a mystery, even when Jamie was on the plane. And he's, for whatever reason, having some sort of reaction to the food, like not liking the smell of it. <laughs> That's it. I was like, wait, what is what kind of food is it that he's just not liking? Uh, so he couldn't handle that, which I guess is why he didn't change. Because I guess it seems like a weird thing that that would be the first step in the process that they that you have to eat the food. Because I go on planes all the time and I don't eat the food they give me. So, <laughs> like you don't eat the peanuts you don't you don't shrink <laughs> like that's uh i feel like that's a faulty um you know first step in the process but so he doesn't shrink and uh, but everyone else does but they don't really show that that's what's happened you just see them disappear because they just get so small that you don't see them anymore the way the camera is right. handled and then they literally go around with these baskets and pick them up like they're little toys <laughs> uh, which i thought was i, I think an unnecessary, I guess, part of the thing because I get that they were trying to, you know, they said there's 50,000 of them and that's why they had to shrink them so they could fit them all on the satellite. But it just felt like an extra an extra step that maybe it just felt a little weird. I, I think, I think like, the more that you take a look at the technology that they possessed, that's where the, sh- that's where the whole plot of this or the motivation of this kind of falls apart in my mind where it's like they have put so much effort. They have invested so much of their resources into this plan. 
there has to be another option. Like, is this really the most effective way to, for them to survive as a species? Like those weren't, those weren't normal planes, right? The wings folded in. So they had to make these planes. They have this massive satellite thing. They had to create all these systems to miniaturize and then transform all these people. You think they could have just like very easily put all that effort and technology some other way to survive as a, as a species. Um, and they, they, this is a very intricate plan to do something that probably could have been done so much easier. And a really iffy technology that is literally like one button away from you melting. <laughs> yes. You know, like I, and they even admit at one point we're like, well, maybe it malfunctioned or maybe somebody, you know, it's just like, Oh wait, you, you are ready to accept the fact that it could have just malfunctioned. It's that, it's that iffy. <laughs> like that means you're literally walking around with like you're like a, a ticking time bomb at any moment if somebody accidentally hits their Wii remote the wrong way or finds the body that you're right. you know, a copy of and you know, it's like, Oh, what's this? and you're dead. You know, it's like right. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a very good plan. Uh, and the doctor kinda, you know, offers at the end. He does you know, he does become the nice doctor at the end and says, Hey, maybe I can help you guys out with a solution. Yeah. Some of his ideas, like don't travel, who knows how far they traveled just to do this one thing. Like there had to be other places that they could have gone. Or the fact that what do they think you're going to take 50,000 people from any planet? People are going to realize, I guess they just <laughs> thought they could do it fast enough that they could just get out of there and, and never look back. That's what it seemed like because they were already ready to take the 25 people um, that they had left on the planet and get the heck out of here. Yeah. Um, but 50,000 people, I mean, they were doing how many, I was thinking about that, like how, how big, how many people can fit on a flight? Right. You know? I mean, and that's it's 100, like, 200, yeah, 300. Less than 200 people usually, right? Or somewhere in yeah. that range, but depending on how big the plane is. But yeah, it's, you'd say on average, like 200 people. Yeah, how many well, I think, flights is that for fifty thousand? Right, people? and I think, I think like this is where this episode is really a product of its time, right? Like nowadays, you couldn't get a plane load of people land in Rome, or say that it's going to land in Rome, and then not actually have it show up in Rome. Like it's a crazy right. Yeah, there would be, there would be some major uproar. Like, where are these people at? Yeah. You know, where it's everything's so at? tracked. Like, even if you if you get on the wrong plane, they know right away. Like, you know, it's not, yeah, it, it's definitely a different world. But although they did film at the actual airport um, that they, the, the airport that this was supposed to be at, um, Gatwick Airport. Yeah. Was one of the filming locations. So I think, I think a lot of what we were seeing is, was actually at the airport. That's maybe crazy. the external, maybe the, maybe the internal was, was sets, but maybe it was more like the, you know, the, the external stuff with the planes and the runways. Huh? But, um, so one other thing, you know, and there's, there's plenty more we could talk about and we can, we've just been kind of popping around, but I did think we had a bit of a unique situation with the companions with this one where they just kind of pieced out. They did, you know, they, they didn't seem, they didn't really want to stay with the doctor. <laughs> yeah. They kind of, they did it. 
maybe felt like they were in over their heads a bit, got back to the time, you know, coincidentally the same day that they left, they got back to, and they were just like, we're out of here, you know, and it wasn't, I think we're more used to kind of the modern series where when there's a parting of ways, it's like a big deal, right? Right. It's like emotional speeches are going to happen. People are probably going to be crying. You know, we're like sad as viewers, like, oh, wow, we're losing Graham, we're losing Ryan, you know. Now it's just kind of like, okay, Polly and Ben, you know, they're like, yeah, it was fun, but we kind of want to go home now. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it totally caught me off guard when I got to the end of the last episode where it was like, oh, this is, this is happening. It made me curious and maybe there, maybe there really isn't anything, but it made me curious to know what led up to this. Um, Like, were those seeds sown in arcs before maybe two or three arcs before did the original audience see this coming or is it literally a oh you know what it's the same day like we can just leave now um like how was it telegraphed at all or did it just come out of the blue like it seems like it happened my guess is it probably came out of the blue and a lot of that is just productions different back then you know what they were doing in the moment, actors being available or not available, that type of thing. Even the way that this one was, it's like in in the modern series, if Graham and Ryan are leaving the show, they're going to make them central to that final episode. Right. Whereas Ben and Polly are leaving the show, and they I'm sure they knew it when they wrote it, but as they're filming this, they, weren't, they were sidelined. They were gone the whole time. Right, they disappeared by the second or third episode. Right, so it's kind of like, it's almost disrespectful. We would see that now. Like, if we were watching it as viewers, we'd be like, wow, that's a horrible way to treat these actors who, you know, were a big part of the show and now ha- are leaving for whatever reason. Like, give them some sort of a send-off. Don't, you know, sideline them for a few episodes and then just say, okay, we're leaving. But it's just a different sensibility, I think, the way TV worked back then. Yeah, so. and, I, and I know that we had the, we talked about it a little bit, uh, last episode, but the idea of Samantha, Sam possibly coming on as a companion after that, having that in my mind did, I mean, it, it kind of made me wonder if how far in that plan or how much of a conversation had been had with the fact that Ben and Polly were leaving this episode or this, this story arc to have Sam like immediately jump back in or jump in and then, they basically had to pull that back as well, but it it did come out of the blue where it was just like, okay, well, Ben, you can go be an admiral. Polly, you can take care of Ben and uh, have a good life. Right. Don't miss your car. It's, it's about to don't, leave. Don't miss your don't Uber. Miss your, yeah. <laughs> don't miss your car. Oh yeah. By the way, we still don't know where the TARDIS is. Yes, that was kind of the the cliffhanger. I guess at the end is they're still trying to. Still trying to find the TARDIS, which it is a bit of a mystery because it seemed like when he was talking to the the head of the airport and he's like, hey, I need my TARDIS back. He's like, okay, we'll get it for you. Yeah. So it didn't seem like it, you know, there was any reason to think that it was missing. So then, and there was no conversa- additional conversation with that character to kind of say, hey, we lost it or we went to get it and it was gone. It was more the doctor just saying, yeah, I guess it was supposed to, it's not here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I guess maybe that leads into the next, the next storyline 
is maybe they're still going to be in London or, or in England um, and not knowing where the TARDIS is and it's just him and Jamie now. So I don't, it, I don't know, like I said, I don't know enough about the classic series to know what's coming next. But and we probably won't know because I, I'll have to look and see what the next episodes are. But I'm pretty sure they're not the next animated episodes. So yeah, no, uh, it's probably something I'd have to find on like BritBox or you know look up the, the episode descriptions. Yeah. So that's it. Is it is interesting how they handled the commandant's um, character because there's like that consistent interaction between him and the Doctor. The relationship finally warms up, and then. But at the time the episode is coming to a close, the Commandant's on the phone with all these other people and is basically like, oh, yeah, thanks for your help, Doctor. And then it's it's done. Like, there's no further conversation. He seems very wrapped up in his job to then, like, say, hey, thanks for saving the airport. Thanks for saving my life. Thanks for actually doing this. He kind of just shoves the, the, the Doctor off. Again, the hobo Doctor. Like, go and do go go jump on your train and go to the next place right yeah what's the next thing you're gonna do yeah but i i had fun with it i especially as the as the uh story went on it was you know some stuff surprised me some stuff seemed kind of silly you know we we definitely went way too deep into picking apart you know plot holes you know for a show made in the 60s (laughs) we're 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 digging a little too deep probably but but still, I overall really enjoyed it and kind of more intrigued now about the second Doctor and kind of trying to seek out some more of his content just to kind of see, you know, this is just our first glimpse at him and, you know, to see how that character either evolves or doesn't, it would be interesting to, to watch some more from him. Wholeheartedly agree. I enjoyed these last three episodes more than what I thought I would a totally different perspective on this story uh, than what I had at the beginning of the first episode. And honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to jumping into the next animated arc just to see what that one looks like, what, how the story progresses uh, no matter how many arcs or episodes we miss between this one and that one, um, it's it's an interesting way to dive into some classic Who. Um, because we, I mean, as we mentioned, like we lose a lot of what the actors are bringing to the table. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's not a good thing. I know that there were some Hartnell episodes where it was like, wow, that was that was rough. Not necessarily because of the story, but because of the actors. Um, maybe now we can actually blame that on the animation, and we don't have to <laughs> fight through some of those things a little bit more. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was it was a nice nice dive into classic. Do you find so so YouTube does this thing now or not now? They've been doing it for a while. BBC has a channel a doctor who channel and they they just kind of randomly will play clips of like big moments in doctor who from all across the series modern and classic and i've found myself now like avoiding them because i i don't want to know what happens (laughs) because i'm like oh as i'm starting to dig a little bit deeper into the classic stuff i kind of want to be surprised i don't necessarily want to know everything that's going to happen, you know, and I know it's been out there for decades, so it's, it's hard to avoid. 
you know, I do know some things because of that. But there's still a lot I don't know. So I do find myself now, like when they'll say like this, you know, this major character, this moment is coming. I'm like, oh, turn it off. I don't want to see what happens because huh. I might eventually watch those episodes. Huh. But Yeah, I, I can't say that I ever dove into those. I know that I've found myself down a wiki hole um, here and there and read way more about certain episodes, certain characters than what I and I thought I would read. I, I don't know. There is a part of me that wants to, wants to go into these classic episodes without having a lot of that prior knowledge. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to make it my way back through the entire back catalog of classic who, but for those random arcs that I jump into for those episodes that I do view, I, I want them to be fresh. So yeah, wherever those videos are, whatever those videos are, I will be, I will be avoiding those. I think it's because I subscribe to that channel. There you go. Because that's where they'll play new trailers, new clips for the new gotcha. series. And so I've subscribed to that channel on YouTube. So it shows up on like my homepage. And then when I watch, even if I just watch a, a trailer for the modern series, it'll autoplay sometimes the next ep- the next yeah. like thing in your playlist and sometimes it's random and so it'll just play another thing from that channel and and sometimes it is like these these clips from older episodes so i used to watch them because i'm like oh i haven't watched the classic series this is my way to kind of see some of these yeah. key moments but now that i'm like starting to dig a little bit deeper and, and actually start to watch these episodes and knowing that you and i are going to be watching some more i kind of don't want to know certain things so I think um, I, I'm I'm not remembering the name of the next one we're gonna watch, but we're definitely gonna do another animated one, and I think it's Second Doctor, again. Yeah, it's definitely Second Doctor. I think it's the Fear Below, because this is a face. We just did the faceless ones, so yeah, the next one I believe is the Fear Below. Okay, and then they just announced they're gonna be doing another one. Yeah, I saw that. It's coming, um, that they haven't released yet, but it's coming, and I think it's Dalek-centric based on the trailers. Yeah. And also, I believe, a second Doctor. So we're going to get some, a lot more second Doctor, and I definitely, because I know, I don't know if you ever got BritBox. I think I have it on pause right now, but I did have it. But now I do want to watch at least one storyline soon of the second Doctor, not in animation. Yeah, Britbox is one that I've gone back and forth on whether to pick it up or not, and I I was hoping that some of the classics would make their way to HBO Max, um, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. They just have the new stuff. So Britbox is one of those things that I keep keep looking at, and I might need to dive into it just so I can pick up more storylines. I mean, it would give us a never-ending catalog of content. Never-ending. If we we would to. then... Yeah, we had <laughs> we because we did the the Hartnell stuff, but I think there's even more Hartnell stuff that we didn't cover that is now available on BritBox. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. So we'd, we'd have to like if we went back to the beginning, you know, it'd be quite a task to grab the Hartnell ones. We didn't see Whew. jump into second doctor, get to the third, fourth is everybody's favorite, apparently. So, you know, and I think as the it would be kind of cool to kind of see the it progress through the decades because even just seeing clips, the difference yeah. between, you know, some of the stuff with Davison versus the stuff with, you know, 
Hartnell. It's just it's just such a difference in, in production value and just the way that TV was at, at those different time periods. I wonder if I wonder if anybody's put together like the essential guide. Like, are there the mountaintops of episodes that you have to watch? These and are the yeah. others that you avoid. Like uh, what they did for Clone Wars, where it was like, okay, get ready for the the final season. Here's all the episodes that you have to refresh yourself on before you jump into this. Yeah, I pro I mean probably, but there's probably so many different versions of that. Oh yeah, and different absolutely. opinions on like what is essential. I and I'm too much of a completionist, honestly. You know, at some point I'm probably just going to get a spreadsheet and start to just check off. You know, okay, this is what I've seen. This is what's still out there, and I just got to start going through this and tackling it. That's crazy. Well, it, it's impressive. Not crazy. That would be impressive. Um, I'm going to drag you along with me if I do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so far, that's the thing with the modern series. It's been giving us enough content. Where it's like, okay, we can we can just talk about the modern series on the podcast. And I know we had always talked about maybe getting back into the classics, but it kind of never really became a big thing that we did, other right. than kind of that trek through Hartnell. And so, but now with these big breaks, yeah, it's starting to yeah. feel more and more like that might be where we have to go, you know, yeah. if we want to have something to talk about and, you know, and not take a year off from no, the absolutely. podcast. <laughs> absolutely. I mean... It's going to take us a long time to hit 200 episodes. I tell you that. If we continue with just new who. Right. Yes, exactly. So, um, you know, just to give us an excuse to hang out and talk Doctor Who, we might just have to dig into a little bit more of this classic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We could we could explore it. Yeah. All Do right. some deep dives, go spelunking. <laughs> All right. Well, I, was there anything else? In the in these the faceless ones that you thought was no, notable, or we ready to wrap this one up? No, I think we I think we covered all the high points. All right, thank you to everyone who tuned into this episode of Bad Wolf Radio. We always appreciate you. Uh, you can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts or pretty much anywhere that you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Bad Wolf Podcast. You can uh, join our Facebook group. Uh, you can search for that, Bad Wolf Radio, and we will let you in if you request. And uh, we have a little bit more conversation kind of ticking up because we've been releasing, you know, we released an episode. So uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit more kind of back and forth. And you, you heard us kind of talking about what uh, George, one of our listeners, had, had said. So thanks, George, for participating in the conversation. And um, you can also find us on Instagram at Bad Wolf Radio. You can always send us feedback, badwolfpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time. Later days. I got no, I got no lines. I've been looking for them, but how about you fools? How can you trust him? But that's not a good one. Uh... <laughs> don't, miss your, don't miss your car. Don't uh, miss your car. He's about to there leave. <laughs> I don't know, but that's what we're going to find out. Come on. You mean somebody's stolen it? I got nothing. <laughs> no no good no good one-liners. I'm sure you're going to have a heck of a time pulling one out for the episode title. No, those are always fun and easy. It's more the uh the quote at the beginning that I have a hard time with with especially uh with with this doctor not being as chatty. Yeah. You know, because we have, it's pretty easy with the modern doctors. They like to talk. 
because the rule, if anyone that's still hung around and listened to this much, is a little behind the scenes. Because I have rules on what I'll put as the, the beginning of our episodes. You know, the titles of our episodes are always a short doctor quote or a couple words that the doctor said. It's always the doctor. It can't be anyone else. That's the rule. Yep. And also the, at least in the more recent episodes that we've been doing, we've started with a clip from, um, from an episode of Doctor Who, an audio clip. And it's, it has to be only the doctor talking. So it can't be a conversation the doctor's having. You can't have the doctor talk and then a companion talk and the doctor talk. It just has to be just the doctor. That's the rule. So I had a hard time finding a long enough clip of just the doctor talking and saying something that made sense out of context. So that will be the challenge with these classic episodes, especially with Troughton, because he's not one to, to go on a monologue. Yeah, there's there's very very few lines that are longer than I don't know ten words. Yeah, That's, and I've been I was listening short. listening for it in this these last three episodes. I'm like, okay, where does he actually talk for like a long enough period of time that I can pull pull some audio? So and the other thing is too is finding the audio that's available um, because a lot of times if I can't get it on my computer harder for me to pull the audio in these episodes i dvr'd on my tv so i can't necessarily pull audio clips from my tv so that's more behind the scenes of the production of our podcast uh i usually have to find a clip from a youtube video or um the actual episode if it's available and i'd have to buy the episode to get that so i'm not going to do that (laughs) so (laughs) so well i'll work with what I'll, i'll find something usually it turns out okay Later days. Later days. <laughs>